chapter 1 and then Hebrews chapter 10. Um, I believe I'm following the Lord's direction and switching up uh, my message uh, for this morning. It ties in uh, somewhat with the, the preaching message uh, that I'll be preaching a little bit later. Uh, the title of this message is, Can You See the Day Approaching? Um, I, uh, I preached this message in this church in 2019, and some of you may remember it. Some of you, I know, uh, were not here at the time. But I revisited it, and I just want to bring out a few things to cause us to reflect on uh, the Lord's Day. And can we, the title is, Can You See the Day Approaching? Let's read Acts 1, beginning in verse 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And notice he did not say, no, I'm not going to restore the kingdom. He just said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly up toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, this is the main verse I wanted to look at. Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. This is the day that I'm looking for. This is the day that we are all to be looking for. Is the day that this same Jesus comes back in like manner as he went up into heaven. Now turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. What are we supposed to be doing in the meantime? Besides fulfilling the Great Commission, uh, making sure that the gospel goes to all parts of the world, and so forth, as he had said here, we're to be witnesses unto the uttermost parts of the earth, but what are we supposed to be doing in the meantime? Acts chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. And this is how you don't waver. Just believe in Him, for faithful is He that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. That's what we need to be doing while we're waiting, is provoke one another to love and good works. But it continues on, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And that's happening a lot today. It seems like the closer we get, the more people are forsaking. But the closer we get, the more we are to assemble. Believe it or not, it's okay to assemble more than just on Sunday morning. It's okay to assemble on Sunday night or after fellowship dinner on Sunday afternoon. It's also okay to fellowship for a women's Bible study on Tuesday. 
It's okay to assemble for a Bible study on Wednesday as a church. It's okay for men to assemble during men's prayer on Saturday morning. It's okay for women to assemble like they're doing once a month for Bible study on Saturday. It says to do so the more as you see the day approaching. That doesn't mean that just make sure you assemble more than you've been assembling by making sure you get to church on Sunday morning every Sunday. Right. No, right. every Sunday is the bare minimum. Yes. You have no business not being in the Lord's house on Sunday morning. Assemble yes. more. Yes. Assemble the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. There's nothing wrong with thinking outside the box, acting outside the box, and showing up together in some fashion or another. It doesn't have to be official worship services, but as the people of God, we're supposed to be assembling more yes. Amen. as we see the day approaching. And so... What I want to focus on, though, this morning is not that. As much as it is, do you even see the day approaching? Do we see the day approaching? What day is this talking about? It's talking about the day of the Lord, the second coming. 1 Corinthians says in chapter 1, I, you don't have to go to some of these, I'll just read it. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift. And notice this, waiting. It's a continual thing. We're waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Titus, Paul said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness... And worldly lust, we should live soberly. This is what we're to be doing while we're waiting. Live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. But while we're here in this present world, living godly, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing it's going to be that His appearing is going to be glorious his glorious appearing when he comes in the clouds just think about that oh the the way in which he is going to appear should give us something to look forward to it says as you see the day approaching it's not this passive thing the picture here is that day is approaching we, in some ways, we are approaching it as we move through time. But there's a collision course. The day is approaching, the set time that God, had, God the Father has, Jesus said it here when he, um, that it's not for us to know the time or the season, but it's in the Father's hand. There is a set time. There is a day in which the Lord is going to return. It's in his power, but it's a collision course. This world is on a collision course, lost and saved alike, with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, can we see that day approaching? Since it's Sunday school, I'll open it up a little bit. Some of you, give me some feedback on indications that you see. Do you see the day approaching? What do you see that shows you and when you answer, just give one thing, because there are many things. But just start giving me some feedback a little bit on what are some signs that his day is rapidly approaching? Jackie. It's called evil. Evil is called good. There you go. 
good is called evil and evil is called good. Man has it all twisted. That's a, one of the ways that it's going to be. Anybody else? Judy. Wars and rumors of wars. We've got, we've been having that going on. Yeah, the delusion of Christianity. Yep, a falling away, the delusion, false yeah, teachers, false preachers. Doctrine, yep. Away, uh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of Christians that they intentionally go to churches where they don't talk about doctrine. Right. And they love that. In our church, we don't talk about doctrine. Well, Scripture has something to say about that. Yeah, that's, that's how it's going to be in the end right. days. Um, what about some other things? Brother Hope. Yep. Knowledge shall increase, and I think the rest of that passage says, and many will go to and fro. I think it's in Daniel. Oh, yeah, we're getting really smart. We even have, uh, what is that, chat, uh, help me out, the, the AI program, chat, chat GBT, GBT, yeah, chat. Yeah. And the church found that's not really focused. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there are, it's, it's amazing what's going on right now. But then people are going to and fro. I was thinking about that aspect um, in Daniel. I was looking at it in preparation for the message uh, later on this morning. How knowledge will be increased. And it says, and in, in, in everyone's going to be going to and fro. I mean, I went, not that that's a sin, it's just a statement of fact that that's how it's going to be. I mean, my wife and I both went to Germany three years apart just to have surgery on our, on, on our backs. Uh, Brother Berg just got back from Europe. People, President Biden just went to, over to Israel to, you know, do whatever it is that he did and read from, read from some papers. He couldn't even look the President of Israel in the we're face while he was talking to him. But anyway, we're not getting into politics, but people are running around anyway. Um. But this is the age that we're living in, though, right? It's just instant information, instant. Everything's instant. It's talked about in the Word of God. What's another thing? The name for peace and the talk of peace and without Yes, peace. yes. There's, but there's, everybody's talking about peace. The very rave party that was going on in Israel when Hamas came through the fences and began shooting people was called, it was titled, the Festival of Peace. Yes. A lot of drug abuse, a lot of immorality going on, all in the name of peace. They say peace, peace, and there's no peace. Right. Not in Israel, not in America, not in the homes in America. There's no peace. Right. All right, that's a really good start. Let's go ahead and get into some notes that I have here. In the last days, society... Is going to, is becoming society will just become more and more fractured. Second Timothy three says, "This know that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. When men become lovers of their own selves, it becomes a more and more dangerous place to live. Survival of the fittest, so to speak. It's all about me. That's a terrible, violent world to live in. Covetous." Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, even kids are listed here. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. That pretty much describes our world. Truce breakers, liars, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of them that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded. Boy, that describes... Um, 
we've known some people in places of <laughs> power that were pretty high-minded. A lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. It doesn't mean that man won't be religious. He's going to be religious and yet be all these horrible things. Matthew 24 says, And then shall many be offended and betray one another and shall hate one another. And because iniquity abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Um, The examples that I will give today are not just what is going on in our country, but what is going on worldwide. There are broken homes at an unprecedented rate. With that comes the kids who are disobedient to parents. We have homosexuals who are legally getting married. Things are twisted. They're backwards, like Jackie said. And what's, what's bad is called good, and what's good is called bad. And if you believe in righteousness and holiness, you're nothing but a bigot and a hateful person. And, and you know, those that are good... Um, just sugarcoat and love and accept everything and um, lovers of their own selves. We live in the most selfish society ever. One of the ways in which our society, people aren't going to like this. A lot of people aren't going to like this statement. But one of the evidences that our society is so stinking selfish is because suicide rates, this is one of the signs, suicide rates are so shockingly high. Mm. 44,000 people in America kill themselves. And here's the most astounding thing. Only one in 25 suicides is successful. That means 1.1 million people tried to kill themselves last year. Worse than that, we have more and more people killing others and then killing themselves. Because they can't just go out of this world by killing themselves, but they have to inflict as much pain as they can on others before they go out of this world. And we're seeing that more and more and more. We are in perilous times. And we look at Hamas and we, th- and we talk, and it's despicable, horrible. It's the worst when they can go into places and they kill children in daycares and, and in people's homes and behead children and do these things. And I've seen videos of, of people with th- those guys going in with the machine guns and just randomly just shooting people. Hey, that looks like America to me. That's no different than Columbine High School. That's no different than the guy, the video that I saw of the guy down in, down by the Texas border with Mexico when he walked in and they, they just randomly walk up and shoot children. We got people who aren't terrorists in America doing the same things. We live in a violent, wicked society. We sit here and point at the people in the Middle East and oh, they're such horrible, wicked people. And we have neighbors. You don't know that the nut job next door might go do the same thing as Hamas. Right. It's just sin. But we're in the last days. We have genocides going on all over the world actively in foreign countries, especially places like Africa. In this country, we barely notice because there's no economic relevance to it. But if we truly cared about human suffering and mass murder, we'd be hearing more about what goes on in, in Africa. Some of the places where millions and millions of people are being killed, just rounded up and killed all the time. Worse than what we... I mean, on such a larger scale than what's going on in Israel. This, this world is suffering in huge ways. The question is, can we see the day approaching? We're in unprecedented times. In the last days, there will be scoffers. 
just scoffers of creation and the flood. It's prophesied about. For anyone who questions the word of God, how in the world could Peter have known that in the last days there would be such a thing as evolution and that there would be such a thing as people mocking the fact that there, is, there was a global flood at one time. Even pagan religions believe in a global flood at one time. Even pagans believe in a creator God. But in the, since the mid-1800s, man got so smart. Well, it was talked about in the Word of God. Second yeah. Peter chapter 3 says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. This is talking about the flood. They're willingly ignorant of it. They don't want to know about it. They don't want to think about it. They'll do whatever they can to ignore it. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved until fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. In the last days, it says that men will be scoffers of things like the flood and that God actually judged the world. They scoff and mock at the idea that God actually judged Sodom and Gomorrah. We live in that society. We live in a society in which children are taught in school from the very beginning that there is no creator in heaven and earth, of heaven and earth, but that we evolved from monkeys or slime or something, and that the earth is millions and billions of years old. Man wants to be willingly, he's willingly ignorant of the fact that there's a creator God. Men cannot be held accountable by a big bang like they can be by a creator God. If there's a creator God, then I have to answer to that guy, that God. But if there's just a big bang, I can do whatever I want. And the only reason today that men, what is governing people that embrace evolution and believe that we came from slime and that there's no creator God? The only thing that controls what they do or don't do is how society will receive or accept them. We only do what we do to get by in this world so we can function. There's no moral governance. And so a world without a God in the mind of people is such a horribly dangerous place. People don't want to believe in a creator God. Scoffers like this, which make up most of our society, did not exist until 150 years ago. And it increased more and more thanks to Darwin, the theory of evolution. It's, to me, it is amazing that this portion of the Bible, which was written 2,000 years ago, spoke about such things. How did Peter know society would be like it is today if it wasn't revealed to him by God? Yes. Can we see the day approaching? As was mentioned, false religion be rampant. And most importantly, false forms of Christianity yes. are rampant. 2 Timothy 3 but evil men and seducers shall work and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Matthew 24, many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. Mark 13, and Jesus answering began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying I am to Christ, 
and deceive many. And there's other passages. But here's some interesting statistics. There's approximately 33,000 different Christian denominations worldwide today. In 1900, there were only about 1,600. How is that even possible? We look back at the 1800s and it seems like there was an explosion of denominations and real extreme heretical organizations in the 1800s, such as the Church of Christ, Seventh-day Adventists, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, etc. They all just kind of came on the scene in the, in the 1800s. And that was, that was a drastic change yes. compared to the way it was before with past history of Christianity. But it pales in comparison to the last 120 years ago or so. If we go back to just before the Reformation, how many various denominations were there? You had Roman Catholicism. You had people who rejected Roman Catholicism. You had a few varying strains, but there were true Christians. There were people who were Baptist before the Reformation, by the way. There were people who were Baptistic, I'll put it that way. And, um, and, uh, but there wasn't this huge smorgasbord of Christianity with all its different flavors and all its different religions and these many, many ways to approach Jesus. Um, we're in the last days. 1,600 denominations to 33,000. It's amazing. Can we see the day approaching? What about worldwide political instability? Mark 13 says, And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled. There's more people in our churches that really need to just read this verse and (laughs) actually act on it. Because people are seeing what's going on in Israel today. People are seeing what's been going on for a while now. Uh, I mean, even just Ukraine. And people in churches, I mean, I saw it. People just started panicking. I mean... It's, what did you think was going to happen? I mean, seriously, what did you think the last days were going to be like? And this is nothing compared to what we saw in the 1900s. Um, but Christians are troubled, but the Word of God says, be not troubled. Right. Yes. Be not troubled. There's going to be wars, and there's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be wars that's going on, and there's going to be rumors of wars. Rumors of wars being... Boy, you know, if, uh, if Iran and Saudi Arabia, they're talking about getting involved. And the U.S. is saying, boy, don't get involved. And, whoa, what's going to go on in Taiwan? What's going to happen if China goes into Taiwan? Well, they're talking about going. They're flexing their muscles. And everybody's flexing their muscles and everybody's talking. And there's wars and there's rumors of yes. wars. Don't be troubled. Amen. Don't be troubled. What would you Amen. think was going to happen? You say you're looking for the second coming. Buckle up. Yes. 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 For and it goes on. There's a, there's a colon. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled. Colon. For things must needs be. But the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places. That's one of the signs that the Lord is close to coming back. Is if you were to do, just sometime when you're at home, start doing some research on the number of earthquakes, yeah. the, the large killer earthquakes that were reported in the early 1900s until now. 
the day that Hamas attacked Egypt or attacked Israel, it was a little footnote in the news that there was an earthquake in Afghanistan the same day that killed more people than Hamas did. On that single day, their first reports was there was at least 2,000 people killed in Afghanistan from an earthquake. And nobody's even talking about it. If that happened in America, we'd be losing our minds. But it's just a footnote. Half of the earthquakes that are killing people aren't even being talked about. And so there will be famines. And there will be troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. In history, we had World War I. Had never happened before. Never in the history of mankind had there been a world war. And that was to be the war to end all wars. Right. It didn't take very long, and then we had right. World War II. And that one was worse than the first one. The battle deaths of World War II were 15 million people. There were 25 million people battle wounded. But get this, there was 45 million civilian deaths. That's staggering. So many times, it's, it's just the way war is. There's usually fewer soldiers killed than civilians killed in wars. That's, that's the way it works nowadays, the way we fight. We had nuclear bombs used in war. Between 129 and 200, they don't even know for sure, between 129,000 and 226,000 were killed in an instant when we dropped the bombs on Japan and nearly all of them were civilians. That kind of stuff has just never happened before. Hasn't happened since, but doesn't mean it can't happen again. Right, right. We had six million Jews killed, just executed, which was a catalyst for the exodus back to Israel and a push like never before to be a nation. Yes. It backfired on the devil. Yes. And now there's a nation. There's more things put into place now than there ever has been. The Soviets killed 52 million of their own people during the reign of communism from Lenin to Gorbachev. Right. In the 1900s, we had wars like there had never been before. I think you can just check that off the list. There should be wars and rumors of wars and all these things. Um, unprecedented, worse than anything man has ever seen. It's already been done. Man became proficient at killing in numbers never seen in history of man. But the end was not yet, and the end is not yet. Don't be troubled. There are famines, there are genocides, and so forth. According to prophecy, Israel had to be reestablished. It is somewhat understandable how saints, before the establishment of Israel as a nation in 1948, would have a hard time understanding the, grasping the concept of the nation of Israel actually being a nation in end times in prophecy, but there's no excuse now. Um, Israel's a real thing. It's a real nation. Amen. And God is really going right. to come back and set up his reign right. there. And God's really going to save a remnant out of that real yes. nation someday. Can you see the day approaching? It's getting close. There is a sense in which saints down through history have had to accept that they don't know the details of everything and how it's going to play out. But they were still required uh, to watch. We've talked about this before in recent messages, but Mark 13 says, Watch therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you all, I say, watch. Yes. 
But it is evident that things are moving at such a rate right now that the things that we see, read about that take place in the tribulation period are actually a possibility now. I don't see anything that happens in the tribulation that we could say, well, that, that still needs to really happen. I mean, the temple needs to be rebuilt. But with modern technology, that can be done in a relatively short amount of time if enough people get behind it. Um, there's a few things that have to take place, but what the Word of God has to say about a global economy and the mark of the beast and with satellites and modern technology and global economies and how everything is tied together, it's very easy to see how things can play out. One thing that's always amazed me is how the Word of God talks about the two witnesses that are killed in Jerusalem during the tribulation and how they, they just take their bodies out and lay them in the street for three and a half days. And it says that the, I'll read this passage, but it, what's always amazed me is how the Word of God says that they present tense will rejoice. Well, how's that possible without things the way that they are today? I'll read this. Think about this. How this would have even happened in the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s. But it can happen today. In Revelation 11, it says, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them and kill them, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So that's... Jerusalem and they of the people in kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies notice this people of kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their bodies to be put in the graves and they that dwell upon the earth so all these people that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice it says uh, um, shall rejoice over them and make merry and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Notice that. In the 1800s, the people that dwell on the earth could not have rejoiced over the bodies of people that only lay in the streets for three and a half years and send gifts to one another like they can today on Amazon and everything else right. and watch it play out on their cell phone. We literally today are watching what's going on in the streets of Yemen and Turkey and everywhere we see what's going on in the streets. Oh, they're riding against the embassies. They're doing this, they're doing that. We know in real time what's happening everywhere. And when the witnesses are killed in Jerusalem and their bodies are laid in the streets, well, that's really, it's, it's there, it's possible. Um, it's never been possible before, but now it is. And so you see just how things, there's not really that much left that needs to be checked off the list. And then we have the mark of the beast. And he causes both, Revelation 13, he causes both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might be able to buy or sell save that he hath the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that understandeth count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. It's been going on for a while, but it's getting more and more. Um, at first, back in 2016, I think it was, there was a company in Wisconsin that was doing experiments where they had all their employees, uh, those who wanted to, they volunteered, they had a chip put in their wrist. And then that way they could walk. And it used to be, you know, back in the day, you had to have a key card. Well, back in the day, you used to have a key to get in a door, you know. And the boss only gave that to a select few people. But then, you know, now you got a key card. 
So if you do get in the building, they have a record of who got in the building. So you, you know, just need, I think we've all used one of those at some time. And then this company is like, well, we'll just put a chip in their wrist. And then when you show up to work, you can just go walk up. The door will just open up automatically. You go to the vending machines at lunch. You do anything that you want to. And it'll just, oh, you go to a vending machine, select what you want. It, you know, it takes it out of your commissary or whatever. They were playing experiments with it. And they've perfected it now. But now they have it to where there are certain stores. My receptionist for my business has done this where they have stores. Um, I think they're Amazon stores. Where they're physical stores, though, where you can, go, you can go in, and if you have your phone on you, you just walk around, you pick what you're going to pick, and you walk out the door. It automatically knows what you selected, what the price is, and it's just deducted from your account. It's so convenient. It's so easy. But it's ready, man. It's not complicated. The system is in place. I'm not saying that there's anything evil about I'm not going to knock it as saying that technology is evil. What I'm saying is systems are in place right. and all they got to do is just be misused for whatever, just like everything else that gets misused by wicked men. And so it's not complicated how things are going to work. We can see how this thing will take place. There's just a few pieces of the puzzles left. We're to be ready and we're to be watching. What are we to be doing? The answer is in our verse in Hebrews 10 once again. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You don't throw your hands up in panic and stress. You don't start taking more rollades. You don't start getting worked up. You trouble not. Don't be troubled. Amen. Don't be troubled, man. It's just the way it is. Yes. If anything, rejoice. Get Amen. excited because it's about to get interesting. And how wonderful would it be? If we're actually able to see the Lord in His glorious appearing. What if we are the generation that was chosen to live at this particular time that is actually caught up to meet the Lord together in the clouds? I personally think it's going to be just as exciting to have my body come up out of the ground, you know, and meet the Lord. But to actually not see death. There's a special blessing in place for God's saints who are living in the last time, suffering and enduring with joy, looking for His glorious appearing. But we need to be assembling even the more as we see the day approaching. Are we personally suffering from the social decline? We do suffer. Are we, if we're suffering from the social decline, then make sure you assemble and exhort one another, and provoke one another. If you're suffering from social decline, and the fact that this world is without love, then let's provoke one another. The passage says, and provoke one another to love and to good works. Yeah. Let's just do the opposite. Let's get together and provoke, encourage one another to love more in the face of a hateful, wicked world. Yeah, Are we frustrated with all the false religion? Get away from it. And assemble with people who believe in true religion and undefiled, or pure religion and undefiled, and so forth. Um, get with God's people. Act like God's people. Are you concerned and stressed by the governments of the world? Focus more on strengthening the church, the pillar and ground of the truth, not the institutions of man. I'm not saying abandoned by any means, but whatever political systems there might be on earth, 
But we have a responsibility to have an influence, we have an, a responsibility to be an influence in our cities and governments. And I think it would be better served in being an influence in preaching the gospel and showing how people ought to live in this world. Don't let all this government stuff take priority. But I sometimes I feel like seriously, when are God's people in this day, in this day, going to recognize that the kingdom of God, get this, the kingdom of God is more important than the U.S. government. Amen. Yes. Believe it or not, the kingdom of God is more important than the United States government. Bridget. And I see people online and a lot of preachers online consumed and posting stuff on social media about politics and all this stuff all the time. Did you see what happened lately? And at some point we're going to have to recognize, listen man, we are, do you believe that we are in the last days or not? We don't live in the thousands. We don't live in the 1800s. We don't live in the days when America became a separate country from, if you really believe we're living in the last days, then get on board with the kingdom of God. Yes, let's say that. <clears throat> Can we see the day approaching? Do we really see the day approaching? What are you doing about it? And then for the lost, I have, I know this is Sunday school, but just say, for the lost, I have the same message for you as John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, did in the days leading up to the ministry of Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus is coming. I can say that with full confidence today. Jesus is coming. And John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, said, that Jesus was coming. He was here to say, the king is coming. And when, what did he say when he was telling people, Jesus is coming? He said, repent. He said, what I just got done talking about too, he didn't say, repent for the nation of Israel is about to be restored. And we're not to say, repent so America can become great again. We're to say, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we are also to say like John the Baptist, and this is what I say, the Lord is coming. And it's better to receive the Lord, it's better to receive the Lord today and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today than to believe that He is real. And we're going to look at this in the morning message, but have to look on the Lamb of God as your judge coming in clouds and coming in wrath. But John said, and this is what we can say today because he has not come yet, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. That's what men need. The judge is coming, but today, since he hasn't come yet, he is the Savior, the Lamb of God that is still saving souls. And if you've never trusted in him, today's the day that you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.